0: Well, good morning. This is the latest of the ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. So today's topic is kind of unusual, uh, something that was discussed amongst many people of late, which is what impact does a hurricane have on the economy, supply chain, all the other issues that we've been dealing with? I mean, this has obviously been front page news for the last several days, and it is going to be for the next several weeks, if not months. To begin with, this was a kind of unexpected event to me, not that hurricanes are rare at this time of year, but we had had a really, really benign hurricane season up until now. And this was something that was actually affecting a lot of the predictions for the coming year. We had seen very few storms actually developing. Most of them were being torn to pieces as they were making their way across the Atlantic because there was a huge sandstorm that was fairly persistent coming out of the Sahara that kept tearing the storms apart. So they weren't forming. We were looking at... Earlier in the year, the prediction was this was going to be a fairly intense hurricane year, but it hadn't turned out that way. And it was making a lot of people pretty confident about what was happening with oil production because the concern every year is that the hurricanes will blow through the Gulf and upset the oil platforms. Those now have to close down a lot earlier than they used to because of the big spill a few years ago, new rules. So we were looking for maybe getting out of this year without any a lot of damage. And that in itself was going to create some issues for later in the year. A low hurricane season tends to mean colder weather in the northern part of the country. It tends to be more of an encouragement for things like red tide, uh, which affects the shrimp industry, so on and so forth. So all of that Discussion has changed because all of a sudden we have this mammoth storm that has ripped through Florida. It is now, as I speak, headed for the East Coast. Charleston, I think, is going to miss the brunt of it, but it's going to be in that general area. So, couple things to note about hurricanes they are incredibly damaging in their initial assault they are basically wind rain and and storm surge events and so we've seen what it's done to coastal florida it's made its way across the state and dumped rain flooding etc so lots of damage this may be one of the most expensive hurricanes we've dealt with in decades it may also be one of the deadliest, um, though we're still just getting initial reports on that. What happens next is kind of interesting because what is the follow-up is the rebuild. And generally speaking, when the hurricanes whip through an area, there's a lot of activity to recover. And to be frank, and this is not you know necessarily something to celebrate, if a hurricane hits a rich part of the country... The rebuilding is stimulative. When a hurricane hits a poorer part of the country, that is not very stimulative. The hurricane did a lot of damage to Puerto Rico. That's not going to be addressed particularly soon. Puerto Rico is still recovering from the last hit of storms that got a few years back. There's not going to be an instant rebound from this one. The Florida hurricane is going to be a whole different story because this hit some of the most expensive territory in Florida, it's a tourist area. The rebuilding is going to come at a very, very rapid pace and it's going to be very intensive. It is going to draw a lot of material into Florida. It's going to draw labor into Florida. Um, this has happened with every hurricane. People who are seeking jobs and have the skills are going to be in high demand. What has happened in the past is that construction companies have suddenly seen their staffs diminish because these guys bolt and head for the latest disaster location because the money that they're going to be making is significant. So the labor shortage that's already been affecting construction is likely to be worsened in many parts of the country, more so in the South than elsewhere. I mean, I don't see Legions of people moving down from the Northeast and the Northwest or even the Midwest. But if they're in the Southeast part of the country, they're going to be drawn to Florida. There's also going to be a real strong demand for materials, anything that's connected to, to building as i was coming back from a a drive i was giving a talk in omaha nebraska yesterday and i'm driving down the road and i'm suddenly passing a convoy of big semi-trailer trucks all carrying signs saying we are the serve pro disaster recovery team so the serve pro people the ones that advertise that you know like it never happened they're sending an awful lot of activity in the direction of Florida because the rebuild will start immediately. So from the building construction point of view, there's going to be a lot of activity going on. It's going to be very, very kind of front-loaded, um, most likely in the more expensive neighborhoods and in the tourist areas, and then following up a little later from there. The other impact from... A storm like this is often on energy, but because this storm hit Florida rather than meandering through the Gulf, it hasn't had much of an impact on on oil prices. It didn't come anywhere near the platform, it didn't cause a shutdown of that kind of stuff, it didn't affect pipelines. There has not really been a reaction in any of the, the energy sectors of that part of the country. Um, the demand will be down a little bit for a while in that sector, but made up for by kind of the movement of, of machinery into that area to, to start the rebuild. There will also be a considerable amount of cash coming out of the insurance sector, and that's not unanticipated. Some of the companies are in better shape to handle this than others. I don't think it's going to have a big ripple effect on the investor at this point because the investor is still more worried about recession than anything else. But hurricanes, storms of of, of any size, tornadoes, earthquakes, the whole nine yards, they tend to be kind of a double-edged issue. There's severe damage, death, and destruction to begin with, and then you get all of this activity afterwards that... That sort of stimulates a rebuild and communities often come out of them almost ahead of the game because it causes a significant uh, investment in infrastructure, whether you want to invest in infrastructure or not. And they would prefer not to, but the residents of Sanibel Island want that causeway repaired and they're going to want it repaired right away because there's a lot of money there. So it's it's kind of a mixed bag. For members of the ASA, there's likely to be a lot of demand for what ASA members produce because this is going to be key to that construction recovery. So I don't like to try to point out the silver lining of a massive storm, but there basically is one. And it's kind of helping people get through the initial trauma and then staying connected to what is going to have to happen next. So with that, I hope that the next time we do a podcast, we're not trying to deal with yet another disaster, you know, no earthquakes between now and next week. So thanks very much. We'll talk soon.